coming up with a whole lot of Big Ten basketball players still on the fence as far as their futures go. Who would be able to help their team most by coming back? Who would be able to help themselves most by coming back? We're going to talk about it right here on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. Alongside our co-host for the day, Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes, I'm Nate Dickinson. Coming up today, we're going to get into some of the possible returning players in Big Ten basketball Who could help their teams the most? Who could get a team to maybe the next level of whatever it is that they're at right now? We'll get into all that in a minute. But Jay, before we do any of that, it was a shocking weekend in sports just all around. It was a weird, weird kind of just one of those that hit you on the side of the head out of nowhere. Uh, Dwayne Haskins passed away over the weekend after being hit by a vehicle at the age of 24, former Ohio State quarterback. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts here as we get into the show here on a Monday? It's just a little devastating. Um, the tragic news that we got on Saturday morning about a young man, 24 years old, working out with his teammates in South Florida, unfortunately gets hit by a vehicle, as Nate mentioned, and no longer with us. I remember where I was and remember what I was doing. Um, and I'm still kind of in a shock at a days that he's no longer here. Never met Dwayne Haskins. So I play football numerous times in, in college and in the NFL, but never met him. Don't know. I, I, could, I, could, I could point him out on the street, but that's about it. But from what I have seen, he's a phenomenal young man. From what Urban Meyer has said, um, seeing Chase Claypool of the Steelers break down, seeing him and Najee Harris uh, kind of clown and joke around down there in Florida, um, seeing former teammates Terry McLaurin and K.J. Hill, guys, guys like that, Paris Campbell, um, guys kind of just sharing their thoughts and opinions about Dwayne Haskins, everybody loved him. And it makes it harder when you get news like this. Oh, man, it hits different. We get news with people dying or getting being uh, dying tragically, getting shot, getting hit by cars all the time. It's, it happens way too much nowadays. But what is somebody of this magnitude that when you get attached to these athletes like we do in college football, it hits a whole lot different. Um, Buckeye fans, it hit hard. Dwayne, I mean, excuse me, Ryan Day hit him hard as well. So it's just, it's just a shocker. I mean, we're in the midst of Masters weekend. Tiger Woods is playing golf again, and then, bam, we're right back to mourning and looking at and thinking about a young man who is no longer here on the, on the earth with us. It's been really tough on everyone. The Ohio State community, I think, just especially, though, has been really, really taking this one hard. Um, as far as, like, an on-the-field quarterback, he was outstanding, but really one of – big chain of outstanding quarterbacks the big thing that we've been hearing throughout the entire weekend has been what you talk about just who he was as a person and it seems like that was really more special than anything that he did on the football field uh, it's yeah just a really really tough one and uh, Ohio State I, I think it is they're, they're planning on doing something at least at this weekend spring game for him right yeah, that's a plan. Ryan Day had a press conference today on Monday, and he talked to the media, and he said there is a plan that something will happen over the weekend on Saturday at the spring game. Didn't say what would happen, but that something will happen at practice, at the spring practice today on Monday. 
Um, CJ Stroud had a little tribute on the back fifth jersey on the seven um, to Dwayne Haskins. I think he had rested heaven Simba. Then he had some letters at the top of his number seven on the back of his jersey. And so they're planning on doing something. Not sure what it will be. Um, I plan on being there in Columbus on Saturday. So I'll be able to at least see whatever happens and talk to people that are there in regards to Dwayne Haskins, what he meant to them and things like that. Maybe have a little special segment on the show where I could just share people's thoughts about what Haskins meant to them um, as a player, as a human being and things of that nature. Yeah. It's a really rough time at a time when, uh, I mean, during these spring practices for football teams, it's that time of the off season where you kind of are trying to get excited about football again. It's obviously just a real damper on that mood, but maybe a bit of a silver lining that at least the community at Ohio state is going to be somewhat together here this weekend to help memorialize at least a little bit at the spring game there. So again, a really just a heartbreaking thing to have to go through if you're someone who's close to them or just a fan of Ohio State and really obviously tough for us to talk about too. And it's, again, just there's no more else to say except that you just seemed was such an outstanding person that it ended up overshadowing anything that we could say about how great he was on the football field. Nobody really was, uh, we, you saw the highlight reels maybe and big plays come out online, but it was not about Dwayne Haskins, the football player, of course, over the weekend, which was uh, uh, obviously a rough one for the Buckeyes fans. We're going to be back here on Locked On Big Ten to talk about upcoming season in basketball and who could still be coming back different players still have yet to make a decision and they could be making a big impact on their teams. We'll talk about that more with Jay here now. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Built Bar is the place to go for all of your protein needs. You already know that, whether it be the classic Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or their new Built Puffs, marshmallows. You can just pop right into your mouth to get your protein fix for the day. Whether it's to get you through your workout or just through the workday, Built Bar can be the one to help you do it with all the flavors that you love and the nutrition that you need with none of that stuff that you don't. We're talking about 15 grams of protein with less than 5 grams of net carbs and sugars, less than 150 calories in almost every bar, and 100% pure chocolate in all the bars too. It's again the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. If you want to try it out, do it with a little bit of extra cash on us. Use our code LOCKED15 at built.com to get 15% off your order. It's LOCKED15 at built.com for 15% off. Back in on Locked On Big Ten alongside Jay Stevens, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking about the future of Big Ten basketball. As it stands right now, there are a whole lot of things still up in the air, Jay, as far as where teams are going to be next season because of we don't know where players are going to be next season. A whole lot of big names in the Big Ten, going to be top 10 draft picks, going to be first round draft picks. They're already long gone. But there are also some really, really good basketball players, all-American caliber basketball players, who could very well return to school next season. And I want to kind of go over, as we went over last week, a lot of talking about how the Big Ten didn't have a whole lot of big championship contenders when we looked at like the way too early preseason 25s and title odds and stuff like that. So I guess the question is who has the biggest chance of making a huge impact who can maybe take that team to the next level where they can become a contender. It's a big conversation to kind of have, but I kind of just want to go over the biggest names still 
yet to make decisions. Uh, Hunter Dickinson hasn't said anything. Trace Jackson Davis declared for the draft, but is leaving his eligibility there on the table. Kofi Kirkburn, I believe, is doing the same thing if he said anything. And then Zach Eady as well for Purdue. All there, all, uh, a bunch of big guys in the Big Ten who have that. And then Trace Jackson Davis, a big forward as well, big scorer and rebounder, Jay. It, it's a situation where, again, a whole lot of guys who are you thinking – they dominate at the college level. Why can't they go pro? But it's in this situation now. Where are you at with where teams can still get better and maybe the most better by retaining some of these guys? I think every team, now this is going to be kind of cliche, but I think every team could deserve to, well, would get better if they keep the guys that you've mentioned, Hunter Dickinson, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, Kofi Colburn, Zach Eady. I mean, these, these schools, they're not just schools that are good at basketball. They're top in the conference and if you keep these guys, you know, Juwan, um, you know, wow, Juwan Howard, almost, almost, almost said Juwan Jackson. Um, uh, Juwan Howard will definitely want to keep um, Hunter Dickinson and all these other coaches. They want to keep these guys. I think the biggest thing is what are you hearing from the agents? So I get like, yeah, it's easy to say that keeping these guys, the teams will get better. It'll, it'll be a drastic impact for the team. Because, like, Illinois is losing play. I think, oh, my gosh, my names are going crazy. Andre Cabello entered the transfer portal. So that's one guy that Illinois is losing. If you lose your big man, a double-double machine in Kobe Coburn, that's two big pieces of the pie that you're losing automatically. So I do think it's the delicate situation for the coaches. We want to get better. But how do we want to properly approach the young man who might be making a big decision to go to the NBA where he will no longer be under my watch? So. I think they all everything could get better. It's just how do these teams kind of handle these very delicate situations? Uh, it's obviously still a situation where all these teams have a whole lot more to lose than they have to gain, right? I mean, specifically talking about like what I said about preseason top 25s and stuff like that that are coming out. I think Michigan was pretty consensus top Big Ten team out there at like 12, 13 range. And that's, I'm presuming, if Hunter Dickinson's back there, right? So if he's there, obviously that helps a lot. But if he's gone with a guy like Dickinson, a guy like Kobe Coburn, a guy like Zach Eady, and even Trace Jackson Davis too, but like specifically Coburn Dickinson, those are guys where if you take them out of those teams this season, you're looking at extremely different basketball teams, mm -hmm. not just teams that aren't as good, but teams that have to play the game completely differently than the game that they played last season so when you're looking at potentially losing these guys like you mentioned Andre Curbelo big loss for Illinois guy who was really really good for that team when he was healthy but as far as what he does on the court the skill sets are I don't want to say more replaceable but when you look at who's next in line for all these teams nobody's doing what Kofi Coburn does inside for Illinois nobody's doing what Hunter Dickinson does for Michigan out there on the court. Nobody's doing what Zach Eady does for Purdue in just being huge. It's that kind of a loss where I feel like we can talk about other players in the Big Ten who are already gone and going to be leaving even. But when you look at like the most important to the way that the style of play goes, you might have the two most important guys in all of the Big Ten in Hunter Dickinson and Kofi Coburn out there as far as just how their teams would be affected when they're there versus if they're not. And th the longer this takes, the longer or the shorter amount of time these coaches have to adjust one way or the other. 
Yeah, that's a big, that's a good point you mentioned because I, I do believe the deadline that these athletes need to announce their decision to either stay or go. I know for, I think Brandon Mills, June 1st, um, I don't, I'm sure it's June 1st for these players. And so let's just take Juwan Howard, for, exa- for example. Let's say Hunter Dickinson waits until the very last minute to make his decision. Granted, it's his decision. He is thinking about him, his future, money, um, time, uh, best way to take to be the best he could be at being a pro, preparation of things like that. So if he waits till the very last minute, well, Juwan Howard could be out of getting a guy to replace him out of the portal because Hunter Dickinson waited until, waited until the last minute, the deadline to make his decision. Think about Trace Jackson Davis. Mike Woodson absolutely wants to know what he's going to do. I mean, he's an NBA coach. NBA coaches, um, they're used to guys coming in and out. But in college, it's a little bit of a different game. The transfer portal game is a little bit different than um, it used to be. It used to be transfers, but not as many as it is now. Mike Woodson absolutely wants to know where Trace Jackson Davis is leaning or what he's doing and things like that. But Mike Woodson has an upper hand because he's an NBA lifer. So he's able to say, like, buddy, you're just stay, like, of course, it may sound selfish if your coach is telling you to stay, but Mike Woodson literally knows what it takes to be a four-man or power forward in the NBA because he's coached there for years and years and years. So it's a little bit interesting because you have guys that are NBA player Jawan Howard, NBA coach Jawan Howard, um, NBA player, NBA coach Mike Woodson. You have guys that have, that have NBA track records who probably don't want their guys to wait till the very last minute because they could tell them instantaneously, you're good to go or you should stay. It's interesting, though, because you think about Matt Painter and Brad Underwood don't have that NBA background like Juwan Howard and Mike Woodson. And so if they say stay, it may not be received the same way simply because they don't have that NBA backing. So I get it. Um, waiting until the last minute doesn't help the coach. But ultimately, for players like um, Dickinson and Trace Jackson Davis, Kofi Colburn, the guys we have mentioned, Zach Eady, Sometimes that's the best thing for you to do. We saw a guy from Ohio State who committed on July 4th to be a Buckeye last year, and he joined the team shortly after that. Well, the team had been go- had gone through spring practice. They had been doing summer workouts, and he waited till the last minute to make his decision. Now, granted, he was going to go to college no matter what, but he had to wait his time with his family to make the proper decision for him, similar to these young men. At some point, they got to make a decision. The longer they wait, Better for them, possibly, but it definitely does not hurt, does not help their college coach. And the transfer portal is still so different now, too. There's so much more to gain with players still getting those free COVID years. You have a lot of really, really productive college basketball players who are going to be available or are available right now. And it's, again, not something you can sell if you're an Illinois team or a Michigan team that still has all American talent on the roster at center. Nobody wants to come in and sit the bench behind that. It's a a really interesting dynamic. And again, it's obviously something where the players can go as long as they want with it. And I, like you said, wouldn't blame them for doing so. No. Let's move on and talk freshman a little bit, Jay, because Ohio State obviously has the reigning Big Ten Rookie of the Year in Malachi Branham. Uh, Other players also on that all-freshman team are also weighing NBA decisions, and a guy like Musa Diabate, Max Christie, I believe, is going to test the waters in the NBA. Uh, Chucky Hepburn, I believe, is pretty certain to come back to Wisconsin, even though I don't think he said anything as such. But again, it's guys that can, I think, be those prime targets and it's not big analysis by me this is really just the big 10 freshman all first team 
that I'm listing through here just so happens that the ones that are making that are also the ones with the NBA prospects. But with those guys, we just saw three sophomores in the Big Ten make the big, big jump and go from especially guys like Johnny Davis or Keegan Murray, guys who were role players to absolute superstars in this conference. I'm interested to hear from you. I believe we asked you already about Malachi Branham, if he comes back next year too, about what he can do. But just going over that and going off that too with these other guys, like a guy like Musa Diabate, I, I feel like he's somebody who, I mean, when you watch the NCAA tournament, the places he needs to improve are obvious, most obvious out of anybody on this list, right? So when you have someone like him, I feel like he has that big thing to be able to gain and maybe make that jump. And if he can become the more sound player that it looks like he may have the potential to be, then he can dominate in ways that he did in flashes in that tournament. I see him as being one of those guys that are like, hey, I see big benefits potentially in coming back. What do you see when you look at a guy like, Branham again in review or, or anybody else when you're thinking about what they can do and what they can gain individually by coming back and playing on a team again here in college. When I look at players, a Branham, uh, a Christie, a Diabate, when they're deciding and contemplating going to the NBA or coming back, coming back for the sophomore year, I say you have to be almost – a surefire lottery pick, uh, maybe even top 10, top five kind of guy for me to say, yes, go, which most guys are not that. Uh, I personally believe that most athletes, basketball players specifically, this is the conversation, should stay in school for at least two years. It's rare that there's a guy that comes, that leaves out of their, out of their freshman year and has the impact that they think they're going to have immediately. Um, of course, you may say, Jay, well, that's expected. Well, yeah, to us it is. But these guys have been these guys have been the top, at the top of their game, been leaders on their on their teams since they were, what, eight, nine, ten years old. And so they've, they've been growing up with this, I'm going to the NBA. I'm going to be a first-round pick. I'm going to be a lottery pick their entire lives. And they have the opportunity right in front of them, following the NBA rules, 19 or one year out of, out of college, to be able to go out there. I think it's still one year out of college, to be able to go out of high school. My words are all wrong to be able to go to the NBA. Every guy listed, I think, should stay. I, I, I think that they have more to gain um, by staying, but I also think they have a lot to gain by at least going through the NBA draft process because I think that that's what helped helps a lot of players where they go to the draft process, they hear, okay, you do this well, you do that well. Like you have, you have, a, a, you have a list of 10 things. You got four of those things that they do very, very well, and then the other six, eh, you got to work on them. Or they have a list of 10 things. They do six things very, very well. You got four things. You need to work on it. You're not ready for the league yet. Okay, great. So take that checklist, whatever, however long it is, however extensive it is, figure out with your people what the things you are that need to be worked on. Is it physical strength? Is it ball handling? Is it jump shooting? Is it defense? Is it lateral quickness? Is it your vertical? Is it explosiveness? And then work on those things and then figure out, do these things or will these things hinder me from being a pro, being a being the pro I want to be right now. If yes, if they will hinder you, stay in school. Like, what are, you, like, what are, we, what are we talking about? Like, staying in school is not a bad thing. Your, your education, these guys are on the scholarship. Scholarship, education's free. You're playing on national television. You're getting a lot of things that other college students at the universities you're at, they don't have at their disposal. So staying in school is not a bad option. You're also able to make money. So if you're saying, well, I stay in school, I can't make money, or go to the NBA and I can make money, you're going to be able to make money, probably possibly a mil, over a million dollars, 
and be able to play basketball and be able to play, like, not just play on a team, play basketball. A lot of these guys will go to the NBA and they'll be at the end of the bench or ninth, 10th man in the rotation. That's crazy for a young man's mental psyche because, like I mentioned earlier, they're used to being the man. They're used to being the guy, but you're not the guy anymore. We see guys go to the NBA and fizzle out. A lot of it's mental, not physical ability or capability with their skill set. A lot of it's mental because they're having a hard time adjusting to the lack of playing time. I think every guy listed here should stay in school. Go through the draft process. It's great for you to hear from these scouts, executives, and coaches about what they think you do well, how you can improve. But ultimately, it's up to you to work on those things and decide should you stay or should you go. But every guy here listed, stay in school. It's not a bad idea. I think maybe even more so than the abilities improving over that next year. It's kind of like the opposite side of the coin from what you said, going to getting bench minutes or no minutes in the NBA. If you stay in school with these guys in particular, they have big opportunities to just pick up much bigger roles next season, just in the dynamics of these teams. Maybe not a guy like Diabate, just because Michigan's talented. I don't know how he fits in the rotation, but with him, I see the ability to legitimately get better and also get a lot bigger and stronger and ready for NBA basketball, if that's what he wants to do. But when you look at a guy like Malachi Branham, I mean, you know, he has the chance to be the number one on this Ohio State team next season. Max Christie, a Michigan State player, if Gabe Brown goes, he has an even better chance than he would have already to become a number one on a Michigan State team that was really lacking that kind of a number one and desperate and needing it throughout the entire season. Chucky Hepburn, Johnny Davis is out at Wisconsin. Chucky Hepburn, obviously a name we all know for hitting big shots now. He is going to be a big player for Wisconsin next season, potentially, too. So when you look at these guys, it's not just what they can do. Trace Jackson Davis came back this season, was a preseason All-American, but was always the number one at Indiana. Now it's just he puts up the same numbers. He's still the great player. But at the end of this season, you're kind of looking at him as, well, you're the same guy you were last year, and now you're just a year older, right? So Mm -hmm. you have these guys here who, in in these particular cases, not only – do they have the potential to become better players? But I feel like we are going to get to see again, a chance for them to all be just more involved in the games that they're playing in and be able to show off their skills more so than they had in this season. And it's a big reason why guys like Keegan Murray and Johnny Davis are now top 10 picks because they ended up doing that. And in their case, they not always playing enough to really go to the NBA after the freshman year, but prove it in the sophomore year now going to be lottery picks. I, I feel like that's just as, if not more important with these guys in particular, the fact that they're going to be able to be huge for their teams in the upcoming season, just given the situation that their teams are in. I'm right there with you, man. Right there with, the, with everything you said. Jay, I, I wanted to quickly, before we let you go here, as we talk about all these guys, it, it's a little off the cup thing i don't know if you saw it was like in the last hour so i don't you probably maybe even haven't seen ohio state just hired a new assistant basketball coach i don't really know anything about it do you know anything about jake owens i do not i saw the uh, i saw the news go across my timeline but i have not had time to look into it yet all right and that's a teaser for next week here on locked on big 10 ohio state <laughs> new assistant coach a former head coach at miami of ohio now underneath Chris Holtman at Ohio State with the Buckeyes. So we'll get to learn a little bit more about him maybe at some point when we talk to Jay next week here on Locked On Big Ten. Thanks, as always, Jay, for coming on. It's Jay Stevens at Jay Stevens 7 on Twitter. And, of course, 
Locked On Buckeyes, wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date on Ohio State stuff every single day of the week, just like you do here with the Big Ten. Thanks, as always, for joining us, Jay. We'll talk to you again soon. Loved it, man. Can't wait till next week. Well, if you're someone who listens to sports podcasts, you might be someone who also put some money on sports as well. And if you are a sports betting guy, there is no better place for you to go than betonline.net. It's the best place for all of your information going into games, actually putting money on those games, and getting all sorts of different varieties of bets out there too, so you can make sure that you've got yourself covered across everything. Head on over to Bet Online now to see what I'm talking about. they got a really nice website, and if you've been betting on sports online for a while, you know that's not always the case, but they've got it taken care of over there. they got you taken care of over there. It's where the game starts at Bet Online. Back in here on Locked On Big Ten. Thanks again to Jay Stevens for joining us on today's show. Before we wrap things up, one more thought for me, and then we'll get you to some news that you may have missed over the day or weekend in the Big Ten. As we talk about this offseason in basketball and take a look at all the teams that have players maybe coming back and players possibly coming in, and we talk about the NBA draft and the transfer portal, it occurs to me that maybe now more than ever, there are more things pulling players away from their current schools. And I guess I'm not the first to point this out. I'm not complaining about it. The people who were first to point it out were the ones complaining about it, about how players are going to be not loyal to schools now and be hopping all over the place and stuff like that. But I think as far as just this process we talk about, as far as a player's next step, if someone wants to keep playing basketball as long as they can, if that's what they want to do with their college careers, is set up whatever's next in basketball. If that's what you want to do, the reasons to stay at a school just continue to be lesser and lesser. I mean, there's obviously situations, and we go over a lot of them, or went over a lot of them on the show here, where players can benefit a lot by coming back to schools, and in Big Ten schools especially, there's more money there involved with that now. So that's all fine and dandy, but as far as just the -the on-the-court basketball stuff, When you're looking at what players have as far as options, the amount of options that are not staying at a big school to play that are becoming more and more appetizing just continue to grow. The NBA G League option is a more reliable and realistic option than ever before. People can make or at least start careers in the NBA G League. Even if they don't, they can get paid to play basketball in a league that is growing and more and more showing that it can legitimately make NBA talent out of it too. So there's that option where obviously you get paid. You also have the transfer portal, which is now an entirely different beast than it was a few years ago. Jay Stevens pointed it out as well. Players can go wherever without losing that year of eligibility out there without having to sit out a year. And it's giving players more opportunities like Say a guy like Max Christie says he doesn't want to go to the pros, he could very easily also transfer somewhere else if he doesn't think he's going to get that same opportunity playing for the Michigan State Spartans. That's completely hypothetical, of course. But I guess I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here. But I'm just saying that all these things that we already know combined have created an atmosphere, well, I'm not upset about it. It is something where you're going to see more and more turnover more consistently as we get more used to however this is going to work with NIL and transfer and stuff like that. So while it's not, I don't think, huge right now, and I think right now maybe a a bit of an exaggeration on the transfer portal because of those COVID years, 
I'm very interested to see what do Big Ten players especially, players who have the most options, where are they going with all of the options that they have? Are players who are on the fringe going to more often start going to the NBA? Are players who are on the fringe of being able to what they think is make a big jump? Are they going to go to a place where they feel like they can have the opportunity to do so more? It's a whole lot of questions. And it's a whole lot of stuff that I don't think anyone's really going to understand until we really get into this a few years and see the results of what everyone's doing right now and experimenting with. But as things continue to grow and change, I think there's going to have to be some sort of counter by big schools, right? And we see it a little bit already with uh, players like reportedly in Tennessee working money working with a school to get a player there. I, I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know if that's right. I, I don't, again, it's a whole lot to try and get into, but that's just my one thought I had before we go is that I feel like right now more than ever in the basketball transfer portal and the other pro and G League options that are growing and still available, it's now more than ever more appealing to not stay at least where you're at if there's anything you're not happy about or anything you feel like you could get better at somewhere else. There's no downside to leaving anymore. And, and at the same time, there's a whole lot, again, for a whole lot of Big Ten players to choose from here, and we're going to see exactly what all they do. Uh, before we leave here on Locked On Big Ten, some notes on things that you may have missed over the weekend or just over the last day. Maryland lacrosse is really good. We already knew that. Number one team in the country with a 10th win yesterday over number four Rutgers. Maryland is now at 19 straight seasons with at least 10 wins. That's an NCAA record. And again, Maryland did defeat number four Rutgers in the biggest matchup of the weekend in lacrosse. Final score 17 to 9. Also in that game, Logan Wisnowskis set the record for Maryland's most points ever in Maryland Terrapin lacrosse history. Again, with the long and storied history of the program, an impressive feat by him. A couple of Big Ten players in the NBA wrapping up their seasons over the weekend with big, big nights. Amir Coffey, a former Minnesota Gopher, finished with 35 points for the LA Clippers. And also Victor Oladipo, former Indiana Hoosier, with the Miami Heat, scored 40 as he was huge for Miami, the number one seed, as he hopes to be a big part of what might be a championship run here in Miami. Uh, elsewhere in Big Ten, Minnesota softball had an upset win yesterday over, over a ranked team. Number 23, Maryland, falls to the Gophers 4-3, to three, the ranked team. Why we bring it up here? And then some more sad news from over the weekend. Wisconsin running backs coach Gary Brown passed away at age 52 over the weekend. He had complications with liver and kidney failure. Uh, a rough, rough weekend over the Big Ten with, again, Brown and Dwayne Haskins as well. We'll be back again with more here tomorrow on Locked On Big Ten, giving you everything you need to know about the conference every single weekday. You can give me a follow on Twitter at NateWithSports. Until tomorrow, this has been Locked On Big Ten.